Welcome to Cone and Kruger. That's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cone. Uh, real quick, if you don't subscribe to Larry Kruger's YouTube channel, you probably do because he just crossed 10,000 subscribers. He just started this year. But if you don't, you probably should because it's a really, really good channel. And uh, congratulations, Larry. 10,000 in nine months. That's thank you, man. I mean, that's really hey, good. Hey, I, I want to thank you off the off the rip because uh, you know we talked a lot and. Um, you gave me some great ideas and you've been very supportive. So dude, just, I want to say, I appreciate you. Appreciate Glad you. I could, uh, get you launched, but you did everything after that. Anyway, we're going to be talking about the Seahawks, but I know like we're like Niner fans in the sense that we can't help but look ahead because it's the Seahawks <laughs> and we've seen them a few times. So we're going to take them seriously. We will because it's a playoff game, blah, 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 blah. but we have to talk about like the chiefs <laughs> and potential Super Bowl opponents uh the Niners played the Chiefs they got blown out by the Chiefs but that wasn't with Brock Purdy that was with Jimmy Garoppolo and Christian McCaffrey had been on the team for like three minutes do you think now the Niners have the offense to finally go blow for blow with Kansas City well I mean it, I don't know um you know I'd like to think I'd like to say yes but I don't know for sure yeah um that's you know I, I I would say that there's now that you got to score in the 30s to beat Kansas City, so um, you know there's no question in my mind that now they've got an offense that can score in the 30s. So is that going to be? I mean, can't the question is can their defense stop Kansas City? It's still going to be a crapshoot, but now they got a shot. Now they got yeah. an offense that can score 30. Uh, Kittle and Purdy have been prolific. Um, you know Purdy. Even in the game yesterday, I mean, I don't know what you thought, Grant, because I haven't talked to you since the game, but I, I kind of felt like it was just kind of an eh effort. And then I looked yeah. at the box score, yeah. 75%, three touchdowns, no turnovers. Then mm. when I watched the game again, the guy was sacked four times. He was under a lot of pressure. I thought the offensive line was kind of disappointing yesterday. I um, and then I looked at his season totals. He's got 13 touchdowns, one rushing. So he's accounted for 14 touchdowns, mm -hmm. four picks. Two of them are blatant tips that had nothing to do with him. So he's basically accounted for 14 touchdowns and two interceptions, and they're undefeated. So maybe I'm grading too high if I if I thought it was just kind of an eh. Maybe we're just getting used to Brock Purdy just delivering time and time again. Look, I, I, I think people that watch our show know that we're both very enthusiastic about Brock. Let me try to be, um, I don't know if realistic is the word, but uh, try to look at it from the other perspective. Maybe he hasn't really faced a great defense yet. I mean, he faced Miami. That's a terrible defense. He faced... Tampa's the best defense uh, statistically. Right, but they were missing the safeties and Vita Vea left early, like... Not, not to like I, I, he faced it, uh, Seattle. Seattle's been a pretty good defense recently, and they held him and the Niners to twenty-one points on a Thursday. Washington, in Seattle. Washington's a decent defense, very good They're, defensive line. Yeah, very good defensive line. So maybe they have. I mean, we'll see. We shall see. But uh, maybe this offense is just unstoppable. It's possible. Well, I don't know if it's unstoppable, but I think the addition of McCaffrey and the ball coming out on time you're starting to see that they can they can move the ball. And it just seems like also, if you watch these games real close, it's like at some point the 49er defense takes the ball away. And then yeah. you get an extra possession that you weren't banking on. But they're scoring uh, in the 30s more times than not here. The problem with the Chiefs in particular, if we're talking about that matchup, even though we don't need to yet, is that there's three players that the Niners haven't really have, don't have any answers for on that team. 
obviously Mahomes, but also um, Kelsey, and then Chris Jones. Uh, Chris Jones destroys the Niners' offense. He's so big. He's like the opposite of Aaron Donald. The Niners are all prepared for Aaron Donald, but Chris Jones, they don't seem to have answers for. He just manhandles him. Yep. So I don't know. But I guess we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Yeah. You think the Niners? Uh, maybe they'll the Niners, get beat. Maybe, maybe we'll. Maybe I know, right? Somehow maybe, can't. I mean, who knows? Everybody's got a weakness. Maybe their weakness is the Chargers, and maybe the Chargers get them in the or Cincinnati. Round. Yeah, or Cincinnati. Uh, can the Niners' pass defense hold up long enough for them to win the Super Bowl? I think it's the question of the year. I mean, I think that's the question. That's the biggest question around the team. Yeah, they're tar- they're clearly targeting Lenore, mm-hmm. so that's obvious. Uh, Some Lenore's- people like targeting Hafunga. I mean, it kind of goes back and forth. Yeah, yeah. And Gibson is a great ball hawk who will catch yeah. these wounded ducks late in the game. Yeah. But as far as a coverage player, um, is he? You know, on a scale of one to ten, what is he as a coverage player? I think he's his best thing is he's an incredible ball hawk. Right. So. You know, it's just they're gonna. I think the every you know the secondary is good, but needs a big pass rush up front. And then the mm-hmm. question is when the when the chips are on the table and it's all there to be decided in the playoffs, is the Niner are the Niners going to be able to mount that serious, incredible, overwhelming pass rush that we've seen at times, or is it going to be, you know, um, you know, an opportunity? You know, are they going to get just? A little bit of pressure, but not that overwhelming pass rush. And then those DBs may get exposed. Well, yeah. I mean, we saw what Patrick Mahomes did to this secondary. It's the same secondary. It's a little concerning uh, considering he could do it and Josh Allen could do it too. Just guys who can get outside of the pocket, create a little time, and, and gun it down the field. Like If you can do those two things against the Niners defense, you can beat them. There's not that many quarterbacks who can do it. Russell Wilson used to do it all the time. He's a little old. Uh, I, I don't know that. I don't even know that Joe Burrow can do it. The Niners sacked him a bunch of times in Cincinnati last year. Um, that was a close game. So, can they hold? Jalen Hurts might be able to do it. Can they hold up? I don't know. This this team reminds me a little bit of the 2012 Niners team that was, you know, Colin Kaepernick came in right at the end and the offense took off and there was no real book on him and the Niners d- offense had teams on their heels and their defense was great, but it started showing vulnerabilities down the stretch, and Justin Smith got hurt, and all of a sudden, in that Super Bowl, Joe freaking Flacco diced him up in the first half, just throwing deep, and like Chris Culliver was like, I don't know where the ball is. Remember that? Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel like was, Lenore's the I new Culliver. was there were some bad ball skills from Culliver in that game, and yeah. balls that he just kind of floated up to Anquan Bolden and his tight yeah. end, and those guys made plays on the ball, and the yeah. Niner DBs just didn't. That's right. Um, I, and, you know, there are other factors yes. in that one, but yeah, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's the, can I like Lenore? I think he's coming on, but, um, I, he's going to be targeted and oh, Fonga is yeah. going to be targeted and it's all about how much can they get done up front? It may be interesting to see if D'Amico lays back and stays with four or, you know, because to me, their four is so is good enough that even when they get stuffed, if they send five and six, they get home. So mm-hmm. it's like they'll get home if they blitz. I really believe that. It's just a matter of does he want to give a defined read to the quarterback or does he want to muddy things up? Does he want to fool the quarterback? I mean, there's just a lot of these quarterbacks are so good that if you give them that defined defensive read, they just 
They just beat the blitz all day. I'd rather bring pressure on Geno Smith than hang back and worry that he's going to beat you. Like It's Geno. No offense, but it's Geno. He's not a top five quarterback in the league. He's not a top ten quarterback in the league, even though he's a pro bowler this year. I feel like it's you can't just have no pressure on a quarterback. You ha- If you're not getting pressure with four, I think you got to bring five. But I feel like the Niners should be able to generate pressure with four against Seattle. Yeah, um, I mean, see, I, I like Seattle's offensive line, but you got to remember this. I mean, rookies, this is the most number of games they've ever played. Now you're tacking on a playoff game. Both their tackles are rookies. Cross is awesome, but, I mean, they're just, um, you know, they're still rookies playing after the end of a long season. And if you, the one thing that I've noticed is that Jordan Willis is just dialed up. So you got Jordan Willis, you got you got a Menahue, you got Ebukam, you got Bosa. Drake Jackson is a good player. He can't even get on the field two of the last three weeks. So I mean they're they're stacked at defensive end uh, now that Willis is back and, and performing. And I, I you're right. I expect them probably to be able to get pressure with just four. I think game. it's going to be interesting though with the with the coverage. Like teams in the playoffs are going to be very ruthless with how they go after Lenore. And I think we sort of saw. I want to go back and watch the film, but I think we saw Ryan's adjust. If you know they're going to go deep at Lenore, then you probably should just shade your free safety over there. They don't want to go deep at Traverius Ward. I mean, maybe some teams will, but no teams lately. So shade uh, Gibson over there, and if you're throwing deep, you're going into you got safety help over the top. It shouldn't be that hard. You should be able to protect Lenore, considering you know how teams want to go after him. deep. Yeah, and he's got and he's got to play with poise. I mean, yeah. it's just as simple as that. When the ball's in the air, he's got to play with poise. And he's demonstrated both. Sometimes he does play with poise. You got to turn for the ball. You have to have timing. You got to communicate. But I mean, it is interesting. They also have Samuel Womack. How do you feel about Womack? Because I really liked what I saw early in the year from Womack. And it seems like with the injury to Ambry Thomas, you know, it's going to be Charvarius and Lenore and Womack as their three corners and then Janoris Jenkins. I, I like Womack. I think he's like one of these rookies that never really got a chance, but probably is going to be a really good player next year, kind of like Talanoa. That's my take on him. Um, I'm looking at Lenore's stats real quick. I mean, he started 13 games and broke up five passes. So to me, he's the kind of guy who's like, you know, good tackler. Uh, in He's in good coverage. He just doesn't really have ball skills or make plays on the ball. And when he's going up against, I mean, he made A.J. Green look good. When he goes up against Justin Jefferson in a couple rounds or A.J. Brown in a couple of rounds, what's that going to look like? Yeah, it's going to be a challenge, I mean, for yeah. sure. Um, they're gonna, you're right. They're going to have to lean things towards him and help him out. Yeah. And, and but that's lean, why you're then, paying Charvarius Ward anyway. You should be able to do that. Right. And, yeah. and, and I think Charvarius is feeling well enough physically that he's kind of regained some of that uh, early season form. That he had, only, I think you know, right, right around the middle of the year, right around that Kansas City game, didn't wasn't he? He was a little dinged up right around there. He was groin. There's, I was gonna say, there's only t- one team that's gonna go after him, Casey. Yeah. I think they know something. They must know a tendency, or they must have an opinion, or whatever. But they went after him with Marquez Valdez Scantling and got him. Why do you guys uh, sound like Chiefs have a top three D? We we don't. We don't. No, no. The Chiefs. I was gonna say the Chiefs have struggled on the defensive side, but they've got some outstanding individual players willie gay nick bolton those guys fly chris jones chris jones Grant, frank totally right about chris jones i mean chris jones is chris jones is mean joe green and and uh you know keith millard and reggie white and the you know, think of every great defensive tackle you can think of in life and chris jones is as good <laughs> as any of those guys 
I mean, seriously, he looks all war. I mean, he's like Canton against the Niners every time. He's like destroyed. Yeah. He won the Super Bowl. I mean, he's the guy who caused the first half interception. You know, yeah. he just constantly just throws offensive linemen away. He's just, he's incredible. He's what the Niners want Eric Armstead to be. Consistently. Consistently. He's really freaking good. Gammon Brown says, Larry, you interview players and give strong opinions on your shows. Opinions upset fans and want you to admit you're wrong. I value strong opinions and I'm okay with when stances change with new information. How do you deal with fans fairly? I don't know. So you got an know. answer for that one? I, I think mean, pretty much can, what you said. Review you, that one from Gammon. You interview players, give strong opinions. Opinions upset fans and want you to admit you're wrong. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, all I would say is it's it's never personal, of course. And then, um, you know, I, I just see it the way I see it. But you know what? Here's the bottom line on, on opinions. Everybody's got one. And anybody who tries to tie people to, like, past opinions. Yeah. Receipts. World, it's, like- it's, a, it's a world changing. It's a changing world. So it's like, you know, if you – I always like to joke, I'm always evolving. I'm always yeah. evolving. I, whenever Let I go on evolve. Twitter – and. I- Whenever I check my notifications on Twitter, it's people constantly pulling up receipts. It's like, yeah, man, you could do that all day. There's a lot of stuff I've been wrong about. Like, I, I've never tried to say that I know more about sports than anyone else. I'm just opinionated. Right. I'm very you're opinionated. Not, you, don't, you don't see a crystal ball here. No. You know? So if you want to pull up this radio show with often wrong, seldom in doubt. I, like I think that. that's one of my favorite ones. Often wrong, seldom in doubt. I like that. 49ers Faithful says tonight uh today Niners defense compared with the 21 Buccaneers. Oh. Jeez. I guess it's similar. Impact players at all three levels. But uh yeah, I mean speed I guess at linebacker. Speed, speed at linebacker. At linebacker. Yeah. That's what I that's I when I think of those two teams, I think of speed at linebacker. All right. So you in the last section you mentioned it's gonna come down to the Niners pass rush producing when it matters most. Do you think it will? Yeah. I do. <laughs> you know why? Because um, they they have enough personnel, and this is as deep a defensive end group maybe in the history of the 49ers. Yeah. I mean, this is a – as far as depth, I mean, Drake Jackson can get it done. He's not even – he hasn't been active the last two weeks. I mean, Jordan Willis is – I was talking to George Odom. He's like – the first time I saw Jordan Willis, I was like, Man, he's a he's a monster. Yeah, because he's six four, two seventy, and he runs in the four fives, and he's got a great motor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get Ebukam, who's having the best year of his career. I think he's just playing with a lot of confidence. He he's got a great motor uh, when he's not hurt. I mean, if he's if he's healthy. And then you got the best in the game. You know, you got Bosa. Um, and then well, I've even mentioned Amenahue. Amenahue leaned out from two seventy five to two sixty, and he's got a He's just exactly what you're looking for. So they just got all kinds of guys. And, and uh, heck, if they want to pull Kalia Davis, they got another guy there. So I just think that uh, the You need depth, to mention Eric Armstead. I mean, Ar- Armstead's the given. I mean, Armstead's yeah. just – you know, there's two guys that command the double teams. It's Bosa and Armstead. And Armstead's like Superman. I mean, he made a tackle on his knees the other day at the goal line. Where he, and yeah. before he was on his knees, he threw away the offensive lineman like, like it was me. And right. then, you know, fell to the ground and then looked up and there was the back yeah. and he still made the tackle. And then McGill came around the side and pulled the running back's legs back to, uh, you know, diffuse some of the power. But, uh, yeah, you know, I and even guys like McGill, 
I mean, I haven't even mentioned McGill, but McGill, yeah, he makes plays. you know, was flying around. This guy, Dwumfauer, they just, yeah. he had a four, he had a fumble recovery and he yeah. moves great. I mean, he moves great. I don't know where they find these guys, but he's 290. So, I mean, they got a lot of guys up front. I think they'll get it done up front. I think what's interesting is in the last, last year and the Super Bowl, they basically didn't get it done when it mattered most. What They had a great D-line both seasons, and it felt like they just got tired at the end of a long season. And in the fourth quarter, when they needed – or they when they could have won, when they could have put the game away with defense and their offense wasn't executing, they couldn't do it. Like Bosa wasn't as dominant, and Armstead wasn't there, and Buckner too, and – now, to your point, they're deeper. So maybe, you know, in game 20, 21, is it, are there 21 games? Well, however many there are, 21. They won't run out of gas. That being said, it still feels like it's very Bosa dependent. Um, it's nice to see that Jordan Willis is coming on. He seems like a very important part of this defense. All of a sudden, I think he's better than Abacom. I think he's the second he's best healthier. pass rusher on the I think team. He's healthier and fresher. That's right. Abacom's been dealing with like a, a Achilles calf bunch of yeah. things but all of a sudden Jordan Willis emerging late in the season is huge it makes me feel like maybe he can be the closer if it's not Bosa because you know a really sophisticated if the Niners are in the in the Super Bowl against Andy Reid Andy Reid has two weeks to prepare he's not going to let Bosa beat him he didn't last time he's not going to this he's actually does a good job against Bosa the Niners need someone else to step up and if it's Willis then yeah they could seal the deal or someone they else. also have Guys, I think there's, you know, as far as the games they're playing this year, I think are a little bit more intricate than some of the games they've played in the past. So they've got depth and they've got depth of guys that have been in the system that can play, you know, these orchestrated games up front. Um, then they've got these delayed blitz linebackers. I mean, between Aziz, Greenlaw and Warner, you could send any of those three guys on a delayed blitz and, and get there. And then Hafanga is great you know, going in, shooting the, 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 into the backfield to me, if there's a couple things I would like to see is if they send Hafanga early in the year, he just absolutely squared guys up and they were going down late in the year. He's falling off too many of those, those plays. If you want to beat the chiefs, you're going to have to, you're going to have to hit Mahomes and not fall off. You know what I mean? Right. You're, he's not going to, you can't just rush him and slide off. That's like worse than even never rushing him. Um, and so. Right. Cause now like, you're just opening up the, the pocket pretty much. Yeah. There's, yeah. You're opening up yeah. a run lane usually. Cause you know, you're, you're not sliding coverage. off. He's falling to the ground. So yeah. I just think that Hafanga has got to detonate on guys when he gets, the, you know, he's only going to get maybe one or two blitz opportunities um, in these games. He's got to come. He's got to. He's got to hit home. You know. He's got to. He's got to make that tackle because he's fallen off that tackle a lot in the second half. Uh yeah, and you know, um, Greenlaw's going to have to come back and play well. Yeah, he will. He's just got to come back because he always plays well. Uh, speaking of that, do you think um, Aaron Banks or and or Dre Greenlaw will be on the field this Saturday? I asked Banks about the knee, and he said that it's getting better. He definitely moved better around, you know, just walking around late in the week than he did early in the week. Early in the week, he looked like in a lot of pain. But I doesn't. I don't know if that means he's ready to play football. So, I know getting I better know. sounds like the like, like the the worst thing you could say because it's almost a given, right? Yeah, I it's mean, a given. Exactly. Yeah, but I mean, it's like yeah, but I mean, it's like you know, is he 
is he getting better to the point where he's ready to go right. on the field? I have no idea. And I would say, like say I feel great. Yeah, he did say, you know, he's feel you know, he said he was feeling better. Okay. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's I you know, so many of these offensive linemen injuries you wonder sometimes about it as far as these guys just go out there like hockey players and just try to endure. Can they sure. you know this you know, you got to move around. So right. they do have and it's a playoff too. game. So a lot of times they'll push themselves even if they shouldn't. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I my guess is Banks won't be ready and Greenlaw will. That would be my guess. Uh yeah. Um I, I did concern me a little bit the left side of the line without Banks. They gave up that pressure uh early in the game on like a stunt. I don't know, maybe it's just because Brunskill hadn't been out there on the left side. Maybe he'll be better next week if he has to play, but think they were better with banks out there jj watt was playing i mean i watching the film again jj watt was playing with you know all the emotion and everything he had i mean he didn't he didn't leave anything he didn't leave anything in the toolbox man he just let it all go it was a rough day for burr he rough was day. so good jj was great he was really yeah, great JJ's let's talk a about monster. let's talk about greenlaw though if greenlaw doesn't play in this game against seattle are you concerned I mean, yeah. I mean, Greenlaw is just clearly there. There, so I good. think he's a, I think he's an All Pro player, and he's yeah. not even make the Pro Bowl. But I mean, in a lot of way, the ways they're very fortified. Now, the neck injury for Flanagan Fowles is also a concern because that kind of thins out the group. That's but, right. Um, but Aziz is a starter, man. And I think if Aziz played every game, he'd be a terrific player. So I. You know, that's where they're really deep. Where do you see the real difference between Aziz and Dre Greenlaw? That's a good question. I think Aziz is a little bit, a little bit more. Wow, they both had come up with big hits. I would say Greenlaw, Aziz is a little bit, a little bit rangier. Greenlaw is a little bit more natural. I, I, you know, going sideline to sideline, but, Mm. uh, but, you know, as far as like he can, he can get through the traffic. Um, a little quicker, but Aziz is just, he sees it and there's no hesitation. They're both just top tier athletes. Tell me, this I, I don't is know. I mean, I, go look at Greg. If you want to look at something that's impressive, go look at the number of tackles that Aziz Al-Shair had in college. It wow. was a crazy amount of tackles, like 400 and something. I mean, he's, he's truly a inc- incredible football player well before he ever put on a 49er uniform. I feel like Dre Greenlaw is better in coverage and not like man-to-man coverage necessarily, but like stopping the checkdowns. He's the guy that's flying to the flat and make and, and hitting that running back as soon as he gets the check down. Like that's not Fred. That's not Aziz. That's Greenlaw. Greenlaw makes it imp- like pointless to throw screen passes and checkdowns against the 49ers. But when he's not out there, I feel like you've seen the last couple of weeks – um, David Blau and Jared Stidham have some success, like just throwing little passes in the flat, maybe play action bootleg stuff like that. And I, you don't, that doesn't work with Greenlaw out there. So, I mean, and and, and that feeds into Gino because you know all he wants to do is check the ball down. To, at least that's what I, that's my uh, impression of him. So if Greenlaw's not out there, that might work. You know, Greenlaw also bit. breaks down perfectly every time. You know, some guys break down perfectly a third of the time. He breaks down perfectly every time. So when mm. I say that, I mean, like, he, he, you know, he doesn't miss tackles. He absolutely stripe on a stripe. He, I mean, guys, when he hits them, they just don't move. He's very consistent. The play of the year to me 
if you wanted to talk about the play of the year that nobody talks about was the little hitch that that Miami threw to Tyreek in the flat and Greenlaw was inside the tackle box and was sprinting out to the flat and he got there in like three strides and closed that down. I mean, like a, like the, like a, like a really, really fast safety, except he's 245 pounds. Yeah. Greenlaw moves so fast and hits so hard. I like wince. And I think sometimes it, it just looks violent. And sometimes refs just throw the flag. It's like, you can't do that. Excessive hitting. Right. You're too good uh, at your job. Stop it. Okay, uh, let's talk about Seattle's... No, hold on. I don't think I put in all the banners. I just stopped halfway. Hold on. I was. You know what I also love about Greenlaw is that every time I come up to him to ask him for an interview, he'll always ask me if it matters that he just put in a dip. He's like, I got a little grizzly. You mind if I do it with a grizzly? I'm like, nah. And Joe you, Staley was that you, way. It's the beauty, he was, it's the beauty he was of uh, YouTube. You can do the grizzly. And yeah. and do the segment. Like, Joe Staley oh. was that way when he was a young man. I, I like that. <laughs> okay, I got another question for you. Yes. Um, is Brock Purdy the quarterback that Kyle Shanahan has been waiting for, missing? Is this like a match made in heaven? It absolutely is. Um, Kyle is an awesome – Kyle, I, I, you know, here's the thing. I give people credit for what they are great at and question them about things that they're not great at. If If – if you're talking about Kyle Shanahan as an offensive guru, <clears throat> there's all kinds of offensive gurus. There's Mike Holmgren, right. who was kind of like a quarterback guru who helped refine Brett Favre from Southern Miss Brett Favre into what he became, helped Steve Young and Joe Montana. He was kind of known as a quarterback whisperer. Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Hasselbeck. Yeah. Great call. Um, yeah. Where I think Kyle's true greatness is not in that. I think it's in in play calling, play sequencing, play, play design, action, play design. Yeah, he's a ruthless play caller who knows exactly who to expose and how to expose him. And right. he's got this run pass fusion where his run game looks identical to his pass game, and mm -hmm. it's just overwhelming. Okay, I don't know that he is the quarterback developer. And right. he drafted a quarterback that needed developing, and because of a number of different things, he's developed a little bit, but he's still needs a lot more development, and it's a long right. process. I think he got, a, in Brock Purdy, a developed quarterback who's yep. played close to 50 games, who knows how to get into rhythm, tempo, yep. play action, bootleg, all the footwork in the short game, all the mechanics, all the different throws that you have to make. This guy played second base and shortstop in baseball, so he makes these different arm angle throws. And it's just he's a ready-made veteran guy. That's really what Kyle needs. And so, yeah, I think, I think um, you know, he is the quarterback. Kyle is the star of the show, and Kyle Purd, and he's going to design these incredible plays. And Kyle Purd in uh, – um, Brock Purdy is the kind of guy who's going to be able to execute it. And and then and they've got the weapons. Now it's really, if you want to have a great run offensively, just build up this old line over the next year, and they're good to go offensively for the next five years. Okay, so you say he just needs a quarterback who executes his system. That's why you wanted Kirk Cousins. I think Brock Purdy's better than that. I think he's all the things you said, but what I like about Proc Purdy and why I think he's perfect for Kyle is he has the ability to improv. Yeah. He off can go schedule. off script. And Kyle needs that. 
He didn't have it in Matt Ryan. He went down in flames. He wouldn't have it in Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is never going to win a Super Bowl. Someone's, he's going to win it this year. People are going to pull up receipts. He's never going to win a Super Bowl. you got to be able to uh, improv a little bit unless your name is Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. And Brock Purdy can do it. Jimmy couldn't. Um, and we, we, there's we, one other yeah. factor. It's like, and it's a huge factor, is that when you run the ball, like as much as Kyle likes to run the ball, and you like to play call off of a run yeah. strong game plan where the runs established and your play action passing off of it. Yep. This guy runs the boot. You got to have the bootleg game. Yes. You got to have the bootleg game off the play action game off of a run heavy scheme. And this guy operates that bootleg game to his throw side. Just, you know, very, very high level stuff. So what I like about the bootleg with, with Purdy is you can th- you can roll him to the everyone's expecting the roll out to the right because he's right handed. He rolls out to the left most of the time and it's wide open. Naked yeah. bootlegs wide open. He can set his feet, make throws. I mean And his great. accuracy as far as hitting guys on the run, then he gets a different angle. You don't have the the lineman in his face. He can scan the field. I mean he's he's I mean he's turned George Kittle into a monster. What about George the different Kittle, arm angles he showed yesterday? Did you like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I you like that. I, I did like that. I like uh, that. I was like, uh, what? I didn't know you could do that. I'll tell you what I like is is uh, the, the, the touchdown to Kittle. The first um, one? Was just another incredible <laughs> play. That was an amazing throw. Yeah. Who does he think he is making a throw like that? He's really good. I don't know. I don't know. I don't feel like this is like he's going to fall apart. And I feel like this is where he differentiates himself from from Jimmy. Jimmy's had really great uh, stretches. He's had put up. He's put up a lot of good numbers and won a bunch of games in the regular season. In the playoffs, his numbers have been abysmal. If Brock can at least maintain his current level of production, that'll be a big differentiator between him and the, uh, his predecessor. The Niners' chances of winning the Super Bowl are up dramatically because of Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey because they were the, that at the exact same offense with the same play caller, the same, everything, except for those guys was scoring 22 a game. Now the team is scoring 35 a game and they've still have this great defense and this improved special teams. I mean, uh, if they can't get it done this year, I mean, it's going to, you know, the 49ers are playing for the, for all the marbles this year. Everybody in that room knows it. Nothing short of winning it all is going to be really going to be celebrated in any corner of the room. I I, I feel like it's it's really a blessing that Brock Purdy is uh, playing this year, and I it took it's very improbable that he's on the field. But what sticks out to me is the game against New Orleans where they had everyone. Debo, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, uh, everyone. And they scored 13 points against a team that's not going to the playoffs, but a team that's, you know, fringe playoffy. That was a bad sign. And I, I don't think that the Niners were going to win the Super Bowl this year with Jimmy Garoppolo. God love him. I think they needed Brock. Now they have Brock, and I think they legitimately have a much better chance to win it now. They feel, you feel like when he drops back to pass, better things are going to be on the horizon. Because you've now seen it, and what I'm all, what what you also expect is you, they have they have a passing threat in in on the goal line and in the red zone. I mean, it yeah. seemed like the 49ers Garoppolo made some great passes, but man, he had a hard time throwing in the red zone. So if you go back and look at those scores, 49ers are getting a lot of threes and this and that. Now they're scoring touchdowns. It's mostly touchdowns in the red zone. 
Do you rem- like? I remember when the Niners got McCaffrey first game against the Chiefs. He'd been on the team for like forty eight hours starting. They didn't hold back from using McCaffrey. They used him a lot in that game. And the first drive looked great. McCaffrey was involved. They marched right down the field. And what do they do? Field goal. And it's like, boom. You you could give Jimmy Garoppolo, Jerry Rice, and Calvin Johnson at the end of the day, they're kicking field goals. And now they're scoring touchdowns. And I think a reason that they would kick field goals is he didn't really like throwing into the end zone. I, I can't. Why did George Kittle never catch touchdown passes? Because there wasn't guys hitting him in the back of the end zone like like there is now. Jimmy wanted to throw it in the flat and make guys break tackles, and that's really hard. It's pretty hard. Yeah. So. I mean, and 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 George, you know, is a great guy. He he loves Jimmy because he thinks Jimmy's a great guy, and and Jimmy's doing the best he can. But sure, George is going to add another you know uh, you know level to his house because of Brock Purdy. Yeah. Absolutely. Jalen says Purdy reminds me of Rivers, but smaller and young and more mobile. And, and except for a lot of things, <laughs> less kids, less kids. <laughs> what is Rivers up to now? 13? Him <laughs> and Nick got Cannon. A lot of kids. Got a lot 49ers daddy says, is Purdy a special quarterback or just able to confidently run Kyle's offense extremely well? Also, is that enough to be elite? Yeah, I think what people are wondering, like, is this the kind of guy who eventually gets $50 million a year and is the franchise quarterback forever and ever? I don't think you have to answer that question yet. We'll yeah. we'll see. We don't know. I mean, first of all, there's just no there's no doubt he's got some special traits. He's what is he six and zero, five and zero? Do you give he's him the five Miami and game? zero? I mean, I would give it to him. Yeah, yeah. So that but I mean, that takes yeah. what six and zero, something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, man. Now and granted, it's like and again again Jimmy was seven and zero. Jimmy Jimmy did stuff like this too, but yeah, it's way it looks way different. The points are different. The, uh, the mobility is different. Uh, the explosive – Jimmy had no explosive ability in his body, not in his legs, not in his arms. This guy actually gets the ball down the field. I mean, the, the, the touchdown to Kittle uh, down the field in Seattle was – are you kidding me? I mean, Jimmy doesn't I think, do stuff like that. I think what we see is not what, – what what's really important is what Kyle sees. And I think Brock Purdy's the kind of guy that just, you know, he just lives to play ball. He just lives to play ball. He's a great athlete. He lives to play ball, and he's a real simple guy. And I just think that Kyle's going to love that over time. And for the first time in a long time, I feel like the Yorks, they, they he's been put in a, in a position where he has not been handed this job. It still is not his job. He has to go out and earn it every day, every game, and that's what you want. It's what Joe Montana had to do. He wasn't just handed the job. And it feels like most uh, – most organizations just, you know, anoint young quarterbacks. That's what they do. It's what you're supposed to do. You draft a guy in round one, you play him right away, and you hope it works out. Well, the Niners didn't have to do that with Brock Purdy. He's the last pick in the draft. Nothing's promised to him. They could take the job away from him tomorrow if he if he uh, backslides. And it brings out the best in him. It's great. It's a great system. No doubt. And it's like one thing I just can't listen to. This crap that keep that I've heard a lot more in the last couple of days. Anybody could run Kyle's system. No, no, no. Anybody could not run Kyle's system. The team, the guys were not. They Kyle was nine and twenty nine without Garoppolo. Yeah, he's been searching for six years. This is a very long search. And Kyle Shanahan gets credit for having him. In, but like, dude, you it took you 
multiple presidents to find the right quarterback for you. And you, he was like hanging. He was hiding behind the corner. You were looking over here. He was over here. I think these multiple guys presidents. I think these guys are made for each other. Kyle Shanahan is going to talk about Brock Purdy, uh, you know, fondly for the for the rest of his life. Probably. Eric Nelson says, Larry, your interviews are fantastic. Who are you going to do this week? I'd like to actually catch up with Aziz because I haven't talked to Aziz. And um, Robbie Gold. I haven't talked to Robbie Gold. I'm trying to get an interview with Purdy. We'll see how that goes. Um, and, um, other than that, I, I think I might go back to Greenlaw. I, I, Greenlaw, you know, is, is, is one of my favorite guys to interview because he's just a, he's just a pure football player, man. He just lives to play. He's not worried about the pro bowl, all pro anything he wants. He's playing for the ring. I'll say that, you know, you know, you get a vibe on these guys when you go around and talk to them. There's more guys in this room who I'm convinced play the game for the ring than, than maybe some other places around the league. I just think that there's a bunch of guys in there that it didn't like the pro bowl announcement. wasn't like, it was like, you know, it wasn't that big of a deal because it's like the big fish is the super bowl. Irfan says, I'm hoping that D'Amico doesn't go to Houston. That's a crap job. I would say it's likely that he does. He played. He for turned Houston. down Minnesota last year to go to Houston. Well, we got to remember the this. First pick. He played in Houston. Oh, second pick. He's a perfect, perfect guy for the job. And um, they probably got deep pockets, you know, and he oh, probably, probably has some ha- connections there. He probably lived in Houston. Probably lived in Houston. He probably lived in probably his whole family's from Houston. And they I mean, like, if he just hey, gets we, broken yeah. off to go to Houston. Yeah. And, and we all, you know, I think we all got to get used to the idea that D'Amico is not going not gonna to be a long timer because he's probably the guy in the coaching circle, yeah. I mean, him and Peyton and maybe Harbaugh. I mean, he's like one of the top guys and there's going to be a bunch of opportunities. He's getting a gig. I can't, I Houston. would be shocked if he's back next year. I'd be shocked. Houston. I said that about Jimmy too. Interesting. Yeah. That could be the one. Uh, I'm Mr. 99 says Brock hasn't had a bad game yet. Ooh, isn't that a big concern? Five and zero as a starter is great, but is not going to last forever. I'm not trying to be a downer. Well, it just has to last four more games. And and, and can, here's the thing. Yeah. Who's to say he hasn't had a down game? It's only his standard. He threw an obvious pick in the Seattle game and Diggs just dropped it. I mean, that yeah. was just that was a horrendous pass. He's That's made true. a couple of really bad passes. Um but you know, he the one thing I think that nobody could see with Joe Montana was the competitor. And then all of a sudden, people he didn't look like a, a big-time world-class athlete, but he had this unbelievable escape ability. And that's the, that's those two traits both Brock has as well. It's like he is a great competitor, man. This guy, you can tell. This guy, he, he's, he, know, he goes to the line of scrimmage. He knows down and distance. It's all about first down, first down, first down, first down. So he, he's really thinking like that, which is key. And then – He's he you know he's this great competitor, but he also is a lot more elusive than you believe because of that. He's his his split his ten yard split is like only slightly worse than Tyreek Hill. Think about that keep, for a second. Yeah, I want to go back to uh, the 2012 team. Like that was the year that Kaepernick started. He first got inserted. And it was at the end of the season, and. Teams did not catch up to Kaepernick that year. 
They did eventually. They did eventually. I mean, they catch up to everyone. You have to evolve your game. But it's very possible that teams will not catch up to what Brock Purdy and the 49ers are doing now. I think it, we, we talked about earlier is our question more about it, more is the pass defense. Can the Niners, you know, shut down Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes if they face him in the Super Bowl? or Because what the Eagles did, it to, to, that's another uh, another example, Nick Foles getting inserted in the lineup late in the season. What the Eagles did was they beat Tom Brady in a shootout. They couldn't stop Tom Brady, but they scored more than him. I think that's what the Niners and Brock Purdy are going to have to do this year. I don't see them shutting down Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. I don't know that you can't. I mean, my my big concern with Purdy is just that he's he plays with this linebacker like mentality, and you know when they get up against Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and you know Brandon Graham and Robert Quinn and Phil you know in Philly on a really cold day, does he take care of himself? Does he throw the ball away? Does he or does he try to take a hit? Because I mean, he took some pretty big hits yesterday. I bet you Brock Purdy's not feeling too good today. Um, and, um, and he's not the biggest guy. And to me, that's, I, you know, he's not the biggest guy and he's super kind of like, you know, I'll take these hits and it's just, it's a bad equation. So I'd like to see him get rid of the football a little bit more and not take those hits. Sure. All right. Uh, do you think the Niners lucked out getting Seattle instead of green Bay? No doubt. No doubt. Green Bay was rolling. There was a, the, the thing about green Bay that was scary is that, um, obviously Rogers, a hall of famer, but Savage was just playing incredible in the secondary. And he had a bunch of tackles in this last game. So he's, he takes the ball away. Um, their secondary is I think really good. Green Bay would roll in. Like they just played a month's worth of playoff games with a hall of fame quarterback. Who's got a lightning quick release who you can't really affect up front. And then your coverage gets picked on by, you know, with Christian Watson, who still has that four three speed, and you know Rodgers is legendarily accurate. Now, I and then with not, you know, last year there was pressure on him and his place. This year, it was it would be Rodgers rolling in with an opportunistic secondary and no pressure at all. I hate that situation. Give me the Seahawks at the end of a season where they've got a top five pick that's all about the future. They've already had a good year. They were picked to win five games. And Geno's already crested the hill and kind of come down second half, not playing as well. And they can't stop the run. That's the bottom line. They cannot stop the run. The Niners are just going to run it right down their throat with like four different backs. All right. Let me, let me be devil's advocate here. Uh, the Niners ran it down their throat a month ago and only scored 21 points. Like they right. ran for 170. So, I mean, it's th- here's the thing. There's something broken with that Green Bay team. Let's just start there. That team is not as good as the sum of its parts. And I think it starts with the quarterback and the head coach. The quarterback at one time was great. But the last few years, that dude has had uh, weapons. He's been the MVP. He's had defenses. He's had the number one seed. And he's blown it. I mean, they were at home. And they that was the effort they gave against Detroit. I don't know. There is something very vanilla about their head coach. And there's something very weird about Aaron Rodgers in his uh, later stages of his career. And I just think that that's, I don't know, I, I don't really think they were going to go across the country and, and shock the 49ers. I, that, that was a team that would fold. The thing about uh, the, Seah- the Seattle Seahawks is they're a really, really, really well-coached team. Pete Carroll's great. He's a Hall of Fame coach. And that team's going to be ready. Geno's not as good as Aaron Rodgers, but 
Uh, I don't know. That's all I got. They're a well-coached team, and I don't like Green Bay at all. I know. The only thing is, though, I mean, the Niners ran for five yards a carry in that game. Yeah. Yeah. They ran for almost 200 yards. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I think Charvarius loves the personal matchup with Metcalf, and Metcalf is just tanking all up, and you know, Ward just bothers him tons because he likes to bully people, and Ward's too strong to be bullied. Yeah. So yeah. that that I think that's an advantage 49ers. I think Charvarius is partly here to defend DK. Um, and then in that last game, even though Seattle had some success running it, they only, they, they passed it 44 times and they ran it 14 times. So at the end of the day, I think it's, it's a physical game. It won't be an easy game as far as that goes. Um, turnovers will be key, but ultimately I think the Niners will stop Kenneth Walker. And I think the Niners run game will run for days and then Purdy will play action past them to death. You also got to remember this, the leading tackler, I believe in that first matchup might've been Jordan Brooks. He's out for the year now. I mean, okay. that's a major, major loss for Seattle, true. I think. That's true. It's just, again, it's 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 Carroll. Like, if if you give all the things you say about Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coach, that's kind of Pete Carroll on defense. His defenses get better as the season goes on. And uh, if you look at the last four games, Seattle, they gave up 21 to the Niners, which is freaking impressive considering no one else has kept Brock Purdy under 33. Yeah. They gave up 24 to the Chiefs. Again, that's pretty impressive. In Kansas yeah. City. Six to the Jets. Everyone keeps the Jets. You know, I mean, Jets haven't scored a touchdown in, in a year and a half. 16 to the Rams. So I, I, it looks like this defense is playing pretty well right now. And you heard what Kyle Shanahan said today on the, on the conference call. They expect a game that comes down to the wire. It seems like the Seahawks, those are the games they play. Aaron Rodgers will quit. That is a quitting, losing franchise. I don't respect them. The Seahawks, I feel like at least they're going to be there at the very end of the game and they'll make it competitive. But, yeah, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. They're not that good. They're a year away. They're, and it's Geno. I'm sorry. I know everyone thinks he's a great story. He's a great story, but it's still. The Niners are going to end that story this weekend. I know, but look at this game against the Rams. The, the Seahawks win 19-16 yesterday. There was no Cooper Cup, okay? okay. No Cooper Cup. So you don't have much of a passing game. And yet still the Rams ran for 5-2 a carry on 28 carries. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I mean, you, if, if no you're, if you're you piling up yards and not scoring points, though, like it's, it's yeah. about points, though. But, yeah, yeah no it's a good point. Yeah, it's true. I just, I'm just saying that it's not like their run D's improved. You know, no. their run, and that's, again, and, that, and that's Cam Akers. Now you got Elijah Mitchell and, and, a, and a Ram offensive line that's hurting. Now you've got a better situation. I don't know. I, I yeah. I think Seattle is. I would much rather take on Geno, Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, and whatever they're bringing defensively over Green Bay. You know, if Green if Green Bay had won yesterday, what would they roll into the playoffs having won? That I mean, they're that's one of there would be one of the hottest teams in football, wouldn't they? Be? If I remember correctly, when the Niners played it in Green Bay in Seattle a few weeks ago, they were down to their third string def, uh, nose tackle. I don't know what the situation there is with those guys, but uh, I know they're I know they're missing that linebacker Jordan Brooks. But what's up with the with the nose tackle? Because they were down to some guy I'd never heard of in that game, Monet or whatever. Yeah, I mean the injury. Yeah, I, they they were. So that was part of the reason the Niners ran so well. Yeah, but Seattle, and if you out. look at Seattle's box scores, they're not stopping the run no. uh, in the second half of the year very well. I mean, they got Puna Ford. They got Puna Ford. Puna Ford's a good player. 
And he is, yeah, he's a good player. He's a free. But they agent. got like Bruce Irvin out there setting the edge. Like, are you kidding me, Bruce? Irvin. Yeah, yeah. And they're running the old Clemson safety Tanner Muse. You know, at one of their starting inside backers now that uh, Jordan Brooks is out. And Jordan Brooks is one of their best players. So that's not good. Again, that seems that feels like a team that's happy to be there and a year away. The, the the scary part about them is the is the is the linebacker Nwosu. He yeah. he's he's just a monster. He's I mean, really he's good. just absolute monster. And then they get you know two really good young corners in Tariq yeah. Bowen and Kobe Bryant. If you go back and look at that game, really Purdy wasn't throwing outside the numbers at all with any success. He had those plays to Kittle down the field, and they ran the ball well. But it's going to be hard. Ayuk's going to have a tough time in this game. Debo's yeah. going to have a tough time in this game. Debo's going to make an impact behind the line of scrimmage. I don't know how Ayuk's going to make an impact. Maybe at the goal line. Jawan Jennings. I, I, to me, yeah. you know, one of the things I really like the most about Purdy is I like the combination of Purdy to Jawan Jennings because Purdy's accuracy combined with Jennings' radius, it's just it, those guys, they're so hard to defend. Because he could, you know, Jawan will go up, he'll go down. He's got a huge radius because he's not a burner, but he'll catch in a big area. And then Purdy's very accurate. So I love that combination in any kind of big time third down. Yeah. I mean, when, when you want to throw a slant, to me, you're going to Jennings. Yeah. First, Ayuk second, Debo third. I mean, when was the last time they threw a slant to Debo? Can't remember. I know. It's been a minute. Jennings like took the that hitches. From him. What what do they do with Debo? They 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 end arounds, reverses, screens. They're they're using him a little bit more down the field, is my sense of it. I'll okay. tell the guy that I think also is a major threat is uh, Ray Ray McLeod. I oh, like yeah. to see Ray Ray McLeod in the run game because Ray Ray McLeod gives you a Raheem Mostert look in the backfield yeah. when you try to get to the edges. Some of those plays that Kyle's so great at calling, those stretch run to the edges, man, if you can get a guy like Ray Ray and he can run with conviction, man, and he gets that edge, there's nothing but green grass. The yeah. last time they gave him the, a, a carry on a sweep, he went for a 60-yard touchdown. Has he gotten another opportunity since then? No, and no. I'd love to see it. I'm hoping they're just hoping maybe nobody saw that and then they can bust that out when it matters. Because Ray Ray, not only that, Ray Ray runs – courageously he's not yes. afraid of getting starched yes. no so he will take it up the field like at a crazy speed yeah um I, I hope he i hope they utilize him when it counts I, I didn't like that he fell out of the offense as soon as debo came back i feel like you should be able to use both of them and frankly in that one particular role ray ray's done better this year because ray ray's in tip-top shape and debo hasn't been so don't lose a game and have ray ray not play on offense ray ray's got to be out there he's too good get the ball to house call ray ray I like that. Brandon says, hand out season awards, offensive, defense, MVP, rookie of the year, most improved. You. you uh, offensive MVP. Um, I mean, the guy who's been on the team the longest, I, you could say Ayuk, but, I mean, it's either Purdy or, or McCaffrey. Those are the guys who changed everything halfway through the year. Yeah, I'd say McCaffrey. I'd say McCaffrey, offensive MVP McCaffrey. Look at the game he had against the Rams. That's what turned this season around. Um, you know, he he's just been – he's dynamic. He's passionate. He learned the offense. He makes big plays, short yardage, inside. I mean, yeah, give me McCaffrey. I'll take McCaffrey as the offensive MVP. Bosa, clearly the defensive MVP. Rookie of the year is clearly Purdy. 
I mean, come on. How do you not give it to Purdy? Though Burford's been good, but come on. And most improved? Most improved? Probably a Fonga. Yeah, probably a Fonga. I would say so. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo playoffs, four touchdowns, six interceptions. Brock Purdy should be better than this as 49ers faithful. Should be. That'll be interesting to see. Dan Serrano says, enjoy the process, fam. Uh, Loke Sarah Sarah, fun, fun, fun. Okay. There you go. Mini Joe Burrow. You said that before, says Jonathan Chavez. But but you know what? Joe Burrow doesn't have this guy's mobility and escapability. No, no he doesn't. He doesn't. I'm more like, he reminds me, the more I watch him, he reminds me of Russell Wilson. He does. He's uh, Yes, he does. Uh, although he's not, Russell Wilson was like Barry Sanders. I remember Vic Fangio comparing him to Barry Sanders when he was young. No one's going to call Brock Purdy Barry Sanders, but I know what you mean. He's got, he's more, he has more in common with Russell Wilson than he does with Drew Brees to me. Yeah. Defenses can only catch up to quarterbacks who are one dimensional. No, I, I wouldn't say they catch up to you, but like they just, they get a feel for your tendencies, and then they, then you need to change your tendencies. But, you know, here's the thing about it. What is the tendency with Purdy that would make you feel like we got him? Well, you know, for the most part, he's not going to attack you deep down the field, but you can't structure a defense for taking away the bomb. I mean, you know, I mean, that's you could, but it would just leave everything else underneath. And he throws those other passes a lot. So he doesn't really operate down the field, but he can throw a deep enough pass to keep the defense honest. So I don't know. So far, he throws left better than he throws right. So far, he throws left better than he throws right. I mean, there'll be little things like this that teams pick up on and and, you know, he'll either respond or he won't. I'm not saying he can't throw right, but he has their tendencies tendencies what he likes to do on third and seven i mean it'll be little things that he doesn't even know that teams will pick up on and we'll see so it, it just he hasn't been scouted yet there's not that much data on him i like mean there if there's anything Jimmy. that i've seen is that he likes to escape left out the back door so some guys go out the front door and the side door he's a back door escape guy so what i mean by that is he drops to the top of his drop if he gets pressure in his face he he retreats back to the right or to the left, and I guess dangerous. if you wanted to combo rush him, you could try to. It's dangerous because that's when that you can lose 10, 11, maybe 17 yards. Some, I mean, you can lose some big yards or you could get hurt. Uh, it's the kind of thing where usually probably shouldn't do that. You should be stepping up. But he does it very effectively. I think people are just continually surprised by how quick he is. If D'Amico leaves, let's get Vic Fangio back. He might be going with Sean Payton somewhere, so – Keep that in mind. Can we trade decoy Samuel and invest in BA and Jennings? Um, I don't. I don't think this is the time to. I, no, I don't think you can trade decoy right Debo right now. You can't. God, it's man, too expensive. People are just so so down on Debo. Guys have been gotten hurt a little bit, and his production's not what it was last year. And it's man, trade him. Yeah, you don't have to do this with Debo yet. Uh, I mean, if it's not like him or Ayuk at this point. But if it were, I would take Ayuk. But I think this is something they could probably work out. And it, and just, again, if they have a quarterback who's making nine hundred k, man, you can keep everyone. You, you can overpay certain players, so it shouldn't be an issue. I think Debo is a great competitor, though. And I like if I had a if I had a third and four, and I'm going to run somebody on an end around, 
even though Ayuk is faster, I would hand it to Debo because I feel like he would. Well, yeah, he'd either That's run through you or That's run for sure his you. job. I agree. Um, so it's all we got though. Game starts in five minutes. Who's it? Dallas. We will no. get the college game going. Georgia's up ten nothing in the national championship on TCU. Uh, that's TC. shocker. There's a back in this game. His name's Amari DeMercado. He wears number three for TCU, and he's just a load. Just an absolute monster. There's he no money in that football tonight? No. No. No money in that football. That's right. The season's over. Regular Ooh. season has ended. It's the college national championship. Sonny Dykes down to the Georgia Bulldogs, 10-0. I'm such a, a hypocrite. I, I like moralize about Thursday night football, but the one week of the year there's no Thursday night football. I'm like, what am I going to do tonight? <laughs> Seriously. I can't watch an awful football game where neither team's prepared. Oh, my God. I got to figure out something to do. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, college football it is. Let's go watch Sunny Dykes lose. <laughs> Thanks yeah, for watching, exactly. everyone. Thanks a lot, Larry. I'll see you tomorrow yeah. at work. See you. Yep. We'll, we'll see you down there. All right.